Welcome to listen to Leading Energy podcast. Uh, today, I'm I'm Nina Carlson, <laughs> by the way, and I'm uh, interviewing Taneli Tikka, who is one of our advisory board members in energy coaching. Welcome, Taneli. Thanks. And I'll let you uh, present yourself. Yeah. So Taneli Tikka is the name, and I work on the development side of startup companies and growth companies, sometimes as an investor and a board member. And also I'm a part of a 50-second venture builder, building the early stage cases from ideas to startups. So it's really multiple roles that have to do with growth companies overall. This is this is so interesting world, the startup world and the growth companies. And you also have uh, various viewpoints to the future of work. And, and where are we going? It, it's 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 so interesting. What am I right? Yeah, these uh, future of work type of topics they've uh, emerged uh, from the fact that we often work with technology mm-hmm. and uh, we develop new things. And uh, in in the process of doing that, we often research and sort of consider where the, where the world is going and how the um, uh, whole whole human condition is developing as we go forward when technology and science uh, marches on. And uh, many of these things that I, I've been a part of developing uh, have to do with AI, uh, different uh, branches of uh, technologies that are collectively known as AI. And of course, that's one side uh, to consider uh, where it will take us in five years or 10 years or, or more than that. It's a thoroughly interesting time in history right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And the the tempo is very fast it is moving very very fast Uh, thinking about this world what is close to your heart well I've always uh, felt that uh, despite of being a part of technology oriented growth companies it's not about the tech and technocracy as such that it's kind of deeply rooted in people and uh, uh, you shouldn't forget the human component in this and also when you build growth companies uh, how you lead them how you bring the people together, what it is that they focus on and what it, what it is that they decide to do together, that's almost the largest deciding factor uh, in these cases. So as an investor, when I consider uh, investing into some companies, the human component and the team and uh, uh, how they've built their culture and how their leadership is conducting themselves, for example, that's one of the biggest things to consider if I invest or not. If, if I would be a, a leader in a startup company, what would be the most crucial things that I should think of? Well, in startups, if it's earlier earlier stage, mm-hmm. that you, you're not really scaling uh, like crazy yet, you're just getting there, yeah. then, then learning is the most important ethos that you should consider that how, how does your uh, typically small organization of people, how do you learn collectively uh, with the highest quality and with the highest pace. And this is because startups by nature, they are temporary organizations mm-hmm. where the whole mission is to learn and figure out what works. Mm-hmm. And, and once they discover what works, they become scale companies that actually scale and grow really fast. So learning is the sort of central ethos that you should concern, yeah. concern yourself with. Yeah. That's wonderful. And uh, thinking thinking about energy, uh, my personal view and, and image is that startups have uh, a lot of energy uh, starting the company and all that. It It's maybe an image, but uh, an experience. What is your experience? Uh, how is the energy in, in startups? 
it's often uh, sort of jittery and nervous in, in, a, in a way <laughs> yeah. that uh, the companies have been established uh, based on some vision. So mm-hmm. often there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of uh, inspiration, even a lot of excitement for the idea. But also they know that money is running out, resources are very slim, uh, they're not there yet, and, and sort of the clock is ticking. That if they if they do nothing, this thing will will end quite fast. Yeah. <laughs> Usually yeah. there's there's a lot of pressure also. So there's a lot of sort of hardline motivation also to move forward, uh, get things into action and, and, and do something. And this combination, it creates uh, uh, these circumstances that people people sometimes call uh, this kind of entrepreneurial hunger or entrepreneurial uh, sort of pressurized hunger that if, if you don't uh, make it, then then you don't eat basically that there's <laughs> there's mm-hmm. nothing on the table for you if you if you don't act now. And uh, it's a healthy uh, combination in a way that it has produced a lot of innovation throughout history. That when people find themselves in these kind of uh, tough situations, that they they have no options uh, but to act and, and move forward. Then yeah. then also often something happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, for a person to be involved in something like that, uh, they they typically. Uh, compose the teams out of people who are who are not sort of quitters by nature mm-hmm. that often often people have um, I'd say like slightly higher than average self-esteem that they are tolerant uh, to uncertainty they are tolerant to chaos and they are also quite tolerant to failing trying new things and, and not succeeding right away that uh, repeatedly failing and, and learning from failure yeah and it's those type of people who uh, sort of have the base elements to succeed in that environment. Again, the learning, learning from yes. failures and, and, and all that. How to maintain the good energy then if we first have the entrepreneurial attitude and all that and, and innovations, how to maintain it when we grow up and uh, do you have any views or, or ideas? Yeah, this uh, whole uh, having clarity, focus and energy combination really, really helps. And there's a whole lot of little tricks also that help you along the way because it is a tough journey. It's very hard to do it without any humor. That it's kind of a similar situation that you're, you have a group of pe- people that decided to go hiking and then it, then it rains massively, the whole sky pours down on you. <laughs> and then you have to have some humor that as, as you are standing there like completely soaked, uh, you have to laugh about it a little bit like, like ha ha ha, mm-hmm. this sucks kind mm-hmm. of thing. And you need to have this, this kind of self, uh, ironic uh, type of humor, humor or whatever uh, in the mix it's it's very hard to maintain a good spirit without uh, still being sort of cheerful uh, in the middle of all of these adverse circumstances that you throw yourself into mm-hmm. so it's also kind of places emph- emphasis on a sort of psychological uh, healthy head that you need to keep uh, your head space uh, fairly healthy and focused and clean to be able to perform in a startup environment because yeah. other- otherwise if you if you don't have that kind of uh, clarity and focus in your headspace uh, and and the energy also you end up uh, worrying too much about running out of time running out of money running out of resources you worry too much about uh, the whole idea and the whole vision being uh, inadequate and, and not good enough and uh, having some flaws and uh, you you might even end up like kind of not believing it uh, yourself either mm-hmm. and this kind of self-doubt uh, is, is quite typical for startup entrepreneurs that they they go through this 
uh, roller coaster that uh, I'm the queen of everything I, and, and then <laughs> ne- next instance uh, you're doubting yourself yeah, and yeah. you go back and forth back and forth back and forth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's typical yeah we we have seen a lot of leaders uh, uh, also with the self-doubt and and the queen of everything and what we have learned is um, you need to increase your self-awareness and you need to be aware of your strengths and, and blind spots, and we use a lot of that. Do you see that in, in practice in startups? Do they do self-awareness, or is it something you forget when you are running with your innovations? Is there a space for, for that? Well, well, the good ones who make it, uh, they they are quite self-aware, yeah. and they, they emphasize that, yeah. and they try to compose the teams uh, so that they play on uh, each member's strengths that uh, they know that some some person isn't uh, good with uh, let's say future visions and ideas and then uh, that person does less of them maybe Um, more execution more uh, practical things things that need to be accomplished every day and then they try to compose the teams based on uh, this kind of self-aware status of each each person and then also the good ones who, who make it they try to uh, find uh, balance and keep their energy that they try to have other hobbies besides uh, startups because startups for some people they end up being also all consuming that uh, it's their job it's their hobby it's their whole life at the same mm-hmm. time and especially if you have one founder companies then you even might have things like money uh, mixing up uh, in, in, a, in a borderline criminal kind of way that the entrepreneur doesn't really know uh, what's uh, the entrepreneur's personal assets and what's the company's assets and everything sort of gets uh, mangled and messed up and and, uh, it becomes like uh, irresponsible behavior sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you see these cases and it's it's a result of not having this self-awareness. And uh, the ones who are good and the ones who make it, they are quite self-aware and they they still manage to separate uh, their life uh, kind of not being entirely consumed by this startup thing that they still consider it to be a very demanding unusual job that takes more time than your typical job but they still need to have uh, other life as well they still need to sleep they still need to have hobbies they need to still need to research uh, their energy somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. V- very good points and, and thinking about the startup work and mixing mixing these things uh, when we think about the future of work, what we see is that the hierarchies in organizations are a bit disappearing, not in everyone, not in the very traditional companies, but, but uh, there are companies that are more like leading ecosystems and, and, and that kind of thing. How does, uh, for your eyes, the future of, of work look like? Is it more ecosystems that are coming up? or? It's much more dynamic and much more networked. That in, yeah. a, in a way, and or in in many ways, we are moving from this uh, world that used to be fairly rigid, fairly stati- yeah. uh, static, uh, easy to predict, and it used to be quite centralized. Mm-hmm. And then also, in all instances where it's not centralized, it used to uh, rely on things like uh, supply chains that are quite uh, sort of procedural and step by step, and and the sort of relationship in the old world to other organizations has been very contractual, that you make contracts, you agree on terms, and then you sort of obey 
by those terms, uh, almost like it's uh, a part of a machinery or almost like you are following a programming language that mm-hmm. you, have, you have a very contractual uh, approach uh, to the whole cooperation together with others. And this changes in the future significantly, yeah. that the <clears throat> contractual relationship gets dropped and it's more of a partnership, uh, more of a mutual win type of situation. And then the time span of how long you work together with others, it gets uh, shortened all the time. That you you almost uh, have sort of temporary partnerships that are uh, good for now or good for this this one gig. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes very dynamic where you sort of self-organize uh, around a specific need you take care of that and then you self-organize again for the next one and it's it's much more dynamic much more fluidic uh, harder to predict in a way uh, and uh, you need different qualities to be successful uh, in in that kind of a world in the future than what you needed in the past in the more rigid uh, version of the world this is so so interesting what what kind of paradigms would we need in order to succeed in a world like that how should we think and Well, there's a, there's a huge difference, for example, what leaders do. That yeah. in a, uh, you you could say that in the in the old world, uh, where it's more rigid and very contractual, uh, the job of a leader was more of a control and mm. administration type of job that they needed to sort of have a supervisory oversight of things and they needed to control a few factors. And in the future, this control sort of ethos gets you nowhere. And that shifts uh, significantly to this kind of uh, learning as ethos and then also systems thinking. That a leader is uh, uh, a leader has to be uh, a good systems thinker uh, and has to, the primary action of a leader is not to have this uh, supervision and control, but the primary action of a leader is to act on a system. Yeah. Try to try to sort of influence, uh, help forward, shape, and work on all of the components of the system, so that the system as a whole works better. So this means uh, trying to have the right people in the right place with the uh, endless amounts of energy and and uh, crystal clear clarity and all of these things. They need to be there, and then uh, the organization needs to have other components that are vital and that the system also honed and developed forward all the time. It ha- needs to have the right culture, it needs to have the right uh, fluidity to be able to be competitive in their marketplace and make it make it in the end. And the role of a leader shifts uh, very clearly uh, uh, in here between the old world and the new new one. Yeah, yeah. Think, uh, thinking about uh, the ideal world, how would your ideal work life look like? Let's say after five or ten or twenty years. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm uh, personally also also seeking these uh, opportunities where I could somehow leverage or try out uh, all of this new technology that gets developed, and I'm excited about uh, the productivity leaps that we can take uh, with the best kind of new technology, and especially in um, the kind of situations where you make a new version of something that's so much better than the old one that the old ones look uh, ridiculous mm-hmm. and they look com- completely outdated and uh, you can see these kind of examples in the world uh, all the time that uh, the spotify of today compared to cds <laughs> make make cds look completely ridiculous like mm-hmm. why would ever anyone collect a thousand cds <laughs> <laughs> cds to be dusty on their oh, bookshelves yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, <laughs> anyways, new new technologies when they leap forward, they make the old ones look yeah. ridiculous. And in the future, also, I I see myself working more with these kind of 
leapfrogging technologies that are not just a little bit better than the old stuff, but a lot better. And I, I also f- try to find opportunities to employ that uh, in, a, in a much more global scale and also keeping this human aspect in mind. That in a, in a way you could, uh, you could also say about leadership and coaching and uh, developing yourself and growing as a person, you could say that uh, in a, in, a, in a worldwide view, this uh, whole area of the Nordics here in Nord- Northern Europe, this is sort of uh, a, a odd uh, area, odd corner of the world, because we are fairly uh, egalitarian and fairly equal, that mm-hmm. we have fairly good access uh, to uh, things like leadership training and things like that, that here, here in Finland, a, a typical young person goes to the army and uh, no matter the background can get uh, pretty high quality leadership training, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are fairly equal in, in here. And also our employees and experts in companies, they sort of have an easy access to go go and train themselves in these kind of topics of uh, self-development, self-growth. But this is not the cl- case globally. There are many, many other countries and cultures where this kind of topic as a whole, uh, growing as a person, uh, learning to become a better leader, all of these things are sort of uh, reserved for elite class uh, only. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I also envision doing in the future is somehow to democratize this, somehow try to find ways of allowing uh, very open access uh, to self-growth and development and leadership stuff uh, globally. That would be fantastic to have. That's beautiful. That's that's beautiful scenario. Uh, there there's a, there, there are a lot of words of uh, self awareness and self growth and self mastery. How could one uh, develop that? Uh, it's a long journey, of course. But for our listeners, uh, how to kind of if they are not on the path already, but how to where to start? How to increase that? Well, it's a, like an easy exercise, I think, or some, some sort of a baseline uh, exercise for many that's uh, doable on your own with a bit of time and pen and paper, is to try and figure out all, all of your own uh, values and uh, the attitudes that you, you display. Like uh, just simply even, even like doing uh, such a simple exercise as listing down the things that you value in your life, in your spare time, with your family, with your hobbies, with your studies, and also with your work and career and your professional life. What it is that you value? Do you value freedom? Do you value a lot of financial compensation? Do you value things like adventure, things like uh, having to deal with uh, uh, the new things like uh, working on the frontiers of knowledge, for example, being there when when something new is uh, discovered and understood? And even this kind of a simple exercise where you list down the things you value, that can already help you quite a bit uh, uh, on the path of uh, knowing yourself better. And then uh, uh, many people that I know, they've done all sorts of uh, self-evaluation tests to figure out uh, what they get told by some uh, structured tool about Mm -hmm. themselves. And I think the uh, correct way to do those is to take them with a grain of salt, like not to, not believe everything that you've told. And uh, when you do each one of these, whatever it is that you mm. do, just uh, uh, sit down with it quietly and sort of evaluate uh, how much do you believe uh, what it says. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, rarely you should believe everything word to word. It's mm. it's usually some elements in it that are uh, fairly correct, but there might be some other ones that are. Uh, completely missing the mark or maybe you filled out the questionnaire 
uh, in, a, in a state of mind and in a, in a sort of environmental situations that weren't optimal and that's why it gives some, some yeah. funny result. Yeah. But these kind of things help you understand yourself better. Uh, try, trying to seek opportunities to uh, evaluate yourself, knowing your values and attitudes, that can already help, help quite a bit. This is wonderful to, to listen as as it really starts with yourself. We uh, we have met a lot of people and leaders uh, who kind of, uh, when they take a test, they kind of take it for granted. And uh, we often say that it's not a test that tells you who you are. Uh, no one can tell you who you are. Interesting is that um, we have also done a lot of tests um, uh, during our uh, history and the same features come whatever tool it is the same features usually come through uh, you kind of recognize yourself from mm. the tests uh, whatever tool it is that's but, true but the important thing would be that uh, you put them aside as you said and you kind of sit there quietly and think who, who you are who you want to be how you want to be seen what should you be aware of and and those kind of things. So it is is like you said, you don't need tests. You 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 can start with yourself and with your values. Yes, and just having a quiet moment of thinking about it. The people who've done this like in a uh, serious sort of psychotherapy fashion, mm-hmm. <laughs> they they do it in a way that they they first set the stage uh, by considering these questions a little bit uh, like who am I? What do I value? What I want out of life? Uh, what's really important to me? And uh, they sort of prime these questions and then they sit quietly uh, for 20 minutes and they imagine themselves being in an empty room and they're just in an empty room, nothing's there and, and you're, you're really no one. You're just some nobody sitting in an empty room. And after 20 minutes, they start to come out of it and start to uh, listen to themselves uh, what the answers to those questions are. And if you have the time to do it like this, it might be eye-opening what happens when you do it properly. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the headspace of people work. Yeah, we we now challenge you listeners to do <laughs> do your 20 minutes e- either uh, with the guidance of, of some uh, software or instructions or by, just by yourself imagining the, the empty room. But be by yourself, I, I would say. Yeah. Spend time with yourself to know know what you want. And it is also important regarding the future and, and, and all these kind of things. Um, we have covered a lot of things. We have covered uh, startup world and, and future of work and, and self-awareness. There's something you would like to add on or wrap up the, the discussion that should be mentioned. <clears throat> this, is, this is a fantastic topic, I think, because it's not static either. That this is something that develops uh, all the time. And uh, one of the reasons why I work with startups is because they allow for so much experimentation uh, on these things as well. That you can experiment on, on how people learn, you can experiment on how yourself develop, and then you can experiment with the organization that how do you uh, get people organized so that all of this happens and it happens safely uh, in an efficient manner. And it's a sort of fantastic testing ground uh, to see what the new practices could be for the next uh, 
next decade going forward or whatever it is. So it's also the reason why I work with startups that I don't I don't really value safety and security financially <laughs> that high. Yeah. I'm okay with like earning nothing on mm-hmm. some moments and, and a lot in the next moments hopefully. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I do love an, love an adventure and that's uh, part of my uh, personality and why why startups are sort of uh, a good choice for me in that regard. Yeah, yeah, that is so true, and and a lot But like the idea. Yeah, I would I would add that uh, you don't have to be in a startup to experiment. No, that, uh, no, yeah, that they are startups are in a way the ideal uh, circumstances for this. But uh, wherever you work, no matter if it's uh, like maybe a governmental organization or something, mm-hmm. something that often is viewed quite rigid. There is definitely room for experimentation in your organization as well, and you can you can start trying these things out. Definitely ample room for uh, experimentation on your own path and on your own self self growth. But also in terms of how you organize your team of people and and what kind of uh, culture you run, there's so much room for experimentation, no matter where you work. And we have also seen that coaching is one of the tools that gives the space. <laughs> Uh, to your team and and people around you, when you ask, okay, what are your objectives and uh, what are your options and what would you like to gain and achieve, that gives so much more room than I would advise how to do it and my ideas and and all that. So, coaching really enables and gives more space to the potential to for the team to grow up. Yeah, it's the coaching at least makes you sort of quiet down uh, before yeah. <laughs> cons- considering these teams and then. You usually have to answer the coach uh, something, even if it is answering it. I don't know right now. I need to think about it, and then the immediate result is that you usually do think about it. That yeah. it sort of uh, gets gets you somewhere, helps you to get somewhere. Yeah. Guided process uh, in a way. Yeah. Uh, we we are now wrapping up, and and also um, I would say that you find more information about us from uh, energycoaching.fi. And and Taneli Taneli is also in and uh, in our advisor board as mentioned uh, earlier, uh, and and you can you can really Google him and, and find more if if you want to uh, find more ideas. Any uh, crystallized uh, last sentences you would like to add to encourage our listeners. Uh, in in startups and growth companies, yep. this thing about managing energy is so important that they don't succeed without it. It's like completely vital uh, to them. Impossible to make it uh, if you don't consciously manage it, do something about it. So remember that. <laughs> remember that, and and thank you for listening. And it couldn't be better better to close in those words. Manage energy. Thank you, Taneli. Thanks for having me here. 